0: You are listening to the Functional Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Hester and Tracy Townsend. Hi. Welcome to a very special Just Us Clip Show episode. What's a Just Us episode? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. As you know, Bob, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash functional nerds, and one of the reward tiers is a special patrons-only episode of the show each month. When something comes up and we don't have a regular episode to drop into this, the public feed, I sometimes grab one of the Just Us episodes and drop it in. But that hasn't really happened in a while. Tracy's been really, really good at scheduling people out. But I thought, instead of just taking one episode and dropping it in, I'd do a clip show from a couple of different Just Us episodes to give you the public listener, a sense of what goes on in those private Just Us episodes along with some of the topics that we cover and that kind of thing. That way, if you like what you hear today, you might consider heading over to patreon.com slash functional nerds and packing us. That way you too can get one of these very special Just Us episodes every single month. Again, patreon.com slash functional nerds Special episodes, just us. Without further ado. So this is the just us episode, and, and Tracy, I'm I'm curious. Like, are are you enjoying the bumpers?
1: I you know now that I've discovered the joy of bumpers, I think <laughs> you're going to regret ever saying, "Sure, you can write a bumper." <laughs> I think. And uh, we've been using the same bumper for a couple of episodes now, which means I probably should, you know, <laughs> maybe kind
0: of. it's up to you sometimes they go for months yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there was a run where i did a bunch that were basically uh various <laughs> animals from different listeners and, and friends mm-hmm. were complaining that yeah. they weren't getting mentions and i did those you know week after week for a little while and we, uh, we have we have if that were
1: to resurface there's a whole new animal to bring into the mix <laughs> there of course that's and
0: he's 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 squeaky toying in the background right now yeah because he's, he's not happy <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yeah. I, so I got a dog. His name is Ronan mm-hmm. before, you know, I've had a lot of people go, Oh, after the, after the character in guardians of the galaxy, I'm like, no, Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, so like the Japanese, and I'm like, no, no. just And uh, if, if it's based on any character, I have the character of Ronan in my book, but that I mm-hmm. pulled out of Irish fairy tales.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: that's, that's where I got it from. Was Ronan?
1: Did he did he um, come with you? Did he come to you with the name Ronan, or is
0: that your? He came homework? no, he came to me with a different name.
1: Okay. Uh, so right.
0: so okay. So here's here's the history of Ronan. Yeah. I okay. have been thinking about a dog for a while. The plan was if I sold the house, I was going to get a dog and probably a cat as well. Yeah. Uh, when I moved, but I, I didn't want to get one if I was going to be moving. I didn't want to get one here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then have to move with settle
1: and I, then I that was
0: yeah. So because uh, it takes them a little bit of time to get used to you, get used to your house and the new mm-hmm. environment and all that good stuff. So I didn't want to do that. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to wait. But then I didn't sell the house <laughs> and I've been, you know, I haven't been in a great mood and the, the house stuff just really annoyed me. And oh,
1: you put a ton of work into into I, trying I to get it out there. You did,
0: and and I feel like there's and I and I can't remember if I've mentioned this or not, mm-hmm. but I feel like in order to become a realtor, you just have to be breathing.
1: <laughs> oh dear, you I mean, need, I,
0: there's no accreditation, there's mm-hmm. no education necessary. You don't have to take any classes. You can just walk into a place and go, "Hey, I'd like to be a realtor," and they go, "Okay, here." You're now a realtor. And then they go, oh, okay. And then they go out and do stuff. Because Mm -hmm. that's the only thing I can think of as to why so many of them were unable to lock the door before they left. And in a handful of them were unable to shut a door before they left. Like Mm -hmm. left a door fucking wide open. Who does that?
1: I mean, maybe maybe there's some kind of like secret process by which, realtors are tempted to lock doors like it's like a like a Rube Goldberg trap of some kind like if you dangle a piece of cheese that they try to reach but then they miss it then they'll stumble on a pressure plate which will cause the door to slam closed or you know maybe it's just too simple i don't know i,
0: I don't know but it, it you know the whole experience bothered me it, it's crazy anyway but uh so yeah so you know i've been in a bad mood about that I've been in a bad mood about a lot of stuff and I just, I've been looking online for a while since probably, since I took the house off the market, I just started looking online to see what the shelters had. And I saw him at Dumb mm-hmm. Friends League for about a month. And I had some criteria for myself. It's, wait, 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 I completely... it's a,
1: it's called Dumb Friends League?
0: The Denver Dumb Friends League. Yes.
1: That is a
0: fascinating name. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> okay. You can look it up after. <laughs> But uh, it's the Denver Dumb Friends League, and they have a couple of different shelters across town. And I saw, you know, I kept looking for dogs that meet my criteria. My criteria was I didn't want a puppy, mm-hmm. I wanted an older dog.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I didn't want a pit bull. Okay. Because I had a personally, like personally myself, I had a bad experience with a pit bull. Got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that colored my experiences with pit bulls. Sure. I understand pit bulls. 99% of the time, it's the owner that makes mm-hmm. the dog bad. And it's not just pit bulls, it's any breed. Sure. But I had a bad experience. So I didn't want a pit bull. Aurora is full of pit bulls. Denver is full of pit bulls. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago and so, area, same. Yeah. 99% of the dogs at the shelter were pit bulls. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something, I wanted an easygoing breed. So like mm-hmm. I said, I, I broke all my rules. Like these are my criteria, and I just like flushed them <laughs> down the fucking toilet. But you didn't break anyways, the pit bull rule. No, I didn't break the pit bull. Rule. Yeah. Okay. But I was trying to find uh, like a lab or a shepherd or something like that. I, I, but I wanted a medium sized dog, not really a big big dog. And every time I would look and search, he was there for like a month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they they have if they have any information on the animal, they give it to you. They have it right there on the website. Yeah. So they they had on there that he had anxiety issues and destructive tendencies. Mm. So the previous, the the people who surrendered him to your favorite place, the Denver Dumb Friends League, had listed that he had separation anxiety. And when they would leave him alone, he would destroy the house. Yeah. And by destroy the house, they meant, they they said he specifically destroyed walls, Mm. chewed door jams and destroyed doors themselves. Like he like scratched and bit and he just tore up mm-hmm. all this stuff and then randomly tore up things throughout the house as well. Cushions, yeah. couches, chairs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when Gwen loses to- it,
1: she wrecks the curtains. She'll just go like, so
0: then they- bite <laughs> them and tear them off the wall. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Then the next thing they decided to to do was put him in a crate and try okay. to crate him. The problem that I saw with that is that they had two dogs. They didn't crate the other dog.
1: Um, Yeah.
0: So they created him, and he lost his shit, and he destroyed the crate, mm. and escaped, and then mm-hmm. did more damage to the house. So they surrendered him. So they they didn't really know how to handle him, yeah. Because the, the way I read that, but they they emphasized at the shelter that he's young enough that with some proper training, you could you could kind of train most of that out of him, mm-hmm. and mitigate the problems. He just needs to be trained. He needs to be. He needs to be exercised mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs attention and he just needs some behavioral training. And he, you've seen his face. He just, he's such a sweet pup.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so uh, I finally decided one day I'm just going to go down. I'm going to look at a couple of dogs and see. Yeah. And so I went down and, and they had a, the The way their system is set up is you have to check in. Okay. Because there's so many people coming through,
1: you have yeah. to check
0: in. And then you can go and wander around and look at anything you want. But if you want to get in the queue to see a dog, they highly suggest you do that when you first check in. Like check in, okay. put the name of the dog. Mm-hmm. You can change it later if you want. Sure. Uh, and they, they only give you one name. So he was at the top of my list and he had a different name. So I put him in and I wandered around and he wasn't in any of the, the kennels or anything. Yeah. And they texted me and said that someone else was looking at him and that he might be adopted. So, you know, prepare for a second one. I'm like, okay. So I I wrote down a couple names of other dogs that were there that seemed kind of neat. And eventually they texted me back and said that that those people had passed and we're going to go with something else. And he was available again. Do I still want to see him? I said, yes. He was very sweet. You know, met him and played with him for 20 minutes. and, And he was just... I, I could tell he was smart he knew mm-hmm. his people he knew mm-hmm. the people that he liked there
1: mm-hmm. he knew
0: that volunteers right because you're in a, you're in a room with windows yeah. and probably because they can't afford a Mac <laughs> sorry I had knew to. it was coming <laughs> <laughs> but no you're you're in this room with these big windows these big and so people can see as they're walking by mm-hmm. and uh, whenever someone he knew walked by he would hit that window and be like up yeah. on his paws looking at him. Like he knew the people. He's aware of it And I, I I, sat down with the behavioral con- counselor and stuff. And they're like, this is what's going to have to happen. You're going to have to train him. You're going to have to do this. You're gonna, it's it's a it's a process. And you're going to stick He's with it. He's a project dog. And I knew someone who had a Border Collie years ago. And it was the best dog I'd ever met. It was Oreo the Wonder Dog is what we called her. <laughs> she she had all her commands down. Like she was just a wonderful dog. She was really well-behaved. And it was because she was so well-trained. Yeah. And because her owner kept up with it. Yeah. And so I thought, well, you know, that's, that's what I want. I want a well-trained dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's stupid smart. I mean, he knows everything at this point. He's figured me out 10 times over. Got you trained. Yeah. As an example, it started snowing. Mm-hmm. And and so when the snow hit and it was coming down and he would he loved it, he would go out and play it. And so I got all these rugs and towels and stuff and put them down because I didn't want him trailing snow everywhere through the house. Yeah. I got another yeah. towel. Try off. and intercept that. And and when he would come in, yeah, I'd have him sit down and then I would take the towel and I would towel him off. Right. And well he loved that.
1: Yeah. It's like extra petting at the end of play. So So it became a thing.
0: He's smart enough. He's, he knows. So what he would do is he would run out on the deck and he'd roll around in the snow on the deck and then shoot his ass back in and sit down.
1: (laughs) And he's like, now you got to rub me down.
0: Let's do it. Now you got to rub me down. Yeah. (laughs) That's how smart he is. Yes. So I went ahead and, and adopted him and uh, Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been doing the, the, I've been doing what I can just based on what I've read on the internet, which is I'm not going to, I'm not going to smack a dog. I'm not going to yell a dog. That's why it changed his yeah. name because they're they're pretty sure that that his name was yelled at him a lot and was oh, like okay. used against him. So mm-hmm. they suggested a name change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They said, just change his name because we don't think you should be calling him that because it, it'll it – There's some uh, baggage. It'll bo- Yeah, it's got baggage. It'll bother him. But I'm doing a positive reinforcement. Okay. So the behavior that I want him to do – is being rewarded the behavior Mm -hmm. that I don't want him to do is not being rewarded so when he's running around like he is right now and he's playing by himself that's good I'm good with that but if he comes over here and he jumps up on me that's not good yeah so I'm not not gonna get a pet for that not paying attention to that if he gets in his bed and lays down I'll give it five minutes and then I'll go pet him Mm -hmm. and play with him for a second and reinforce that hey when you get in your bed and you're calm that's when you're going to get what you want which is attention Sure. Yeah. Um, and I've also kept him on a strict schedule. The schedule mm-hmm. is killing me. I got to get used to it yeah. yeah. But like mm-hmm. he's up at six. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>
1: and, you know, it's like, it so cool. I'm up with him.
0: Uh, he's got his breakfast. <laughs> he gets his breakfast at seven. I'm trying to take him out before it started snowing. It got so cold. I was trying to take him out uh, through the neighborhood. I'm not saying the WLWALK word, because if I do,
1: yeah, you know, was he's going to – yeah, he's right there. But
0: uh, I was trying to take him out mm-hmm. through the neighborhood. And I was yeah. doing that the first few days until it started snowing. And when it started snowing, then we couldn't go anymore. Because uh, mm-hmm. basically, I, I've mentioned this before, my neighborhood gets no plows. Yeah. Uh, so the streets have turned to ice. Uh, the sidewalks were fine. I took mm-hmm. him one day, like Wednesday or Thursday, when it kind of cleared up for a little bit. And it was kind of yeah. nice. And, and I saw the sidewalks were melted. So we took a we, bleh, I almost said it. But we, we went out. And I was fine until I had to cross the street. Yeah. And he was fine the whole way. But when we had to cross the street, I thought I was going to fall and die.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I was just sliding the whole way across the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm keeping him on that schedule. And you know, it's like uh, breakfast at 7, lunch at noon, uh, dinner at 5. And I'm doing intervals at uh, like 10 and 2 where yeah. we go outside and go in the backyard for a couple of minutes. I've talked I've talked a lot, and you mentioned this before we started recording. I've talked a lot about the streaming landscape, and because it, it, you know they've they've been basically uh, it used to be that there was only a couple of places where you go to get streaming, and so the content there was very diverse in that it, it came from lots of different sources. So you know Netflix had uh, CW slash Warner Brothers shows, and it also had some. Uh, CBS shows. It still has like NCIS is on there and a couple of other ones. Criminal Minds, I think, has several seasons on there. And so you would have these licensing agreements that would end up, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something like that or Paramount uh, or not Paramount, but like Amazon Prime would have some. And then as these these different platforms started looking at the landscape but they started going oh well, the the best way to do this is just to have our own platform. And so yeah. then you got you got Disney Plus pulling everything off of Hulu and off of Netflix and doing Disney and then you had yeah. Paramount trying to do the same thing and they've got Paramount and then at first it was CBS All Access and now it's Paramount Plus Plus. and they they merged and they got rid of the Showtime app and they so now it's it's Paramount CBS Showtime kind of in there. Uh, Disney has uh, uh, the Disney Star Wars Marvel stuff. Uh, yeah. Some Fox content is there now as well. They're mm-hmm. pulling that stuff in there. Uh, you have uh, HBO. So they, they had a, you had a Cinemax. You had an HBO, like three or four different ones, and then they kind of merged into HBO Max, and now HBO Max is gone, and now it's Max. But it also has Magnolia, and it's got some CNN stuff because of Warner Brothers. Like, so mm-hmm. – when what I didn't realize is how few of them are actually profitable. Yes. Yeah. So Netflix is profitable. Hulu is profitable. Uh, the rest of them aren't. The rest of them are losing money. And so one of the things that in this shareholder meeting that you 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 mentioned that I mentioned is that uh, one of the major shareholders is like dump it because we don't think you're going to be profitable until 2027 and that's too long. So Mm -hmm. dump it all, sell everything, license it out to other people and actually start making money on your content. That was interesting to me. I haven't, I haven't seen that yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised because that's kind of what HBO is doing now or or max, right? They started pulling their content off of the streamer and licensing it out to other people to try Mm -hmm. to make money. So,
1: Yeah, my understanding from having, like over the course of this week, I've listened to a bunch of different podcast episodes that are about the kind of landscape of streaming, both by itself and how it relates to the writer's strike and and things, um, and read some articles and whatnot. And my understanding from that is for most of these different streaming companies, for most of their lifetime, the emphasis actually has not been on profitability. It's been on growing the subscriber base. And that if you keep growing and growing and growing and growing your subscriber base, at a certain point, profit will inevitably occur. And what has actually happened is because of that sort of fragmentation into all these different spaces, it's no longer um, the kind of like, well, if you're going to watch things on streaming, you're going to do Netflix or you'll do Hulu or, you know, maybe there's one other option. Um, And so people are having to be more choosy uh, about how they kind of distribute their subscriptions and so on. Uh, hence the cracking down as well on shared subscriptions that Netflix tried to do. Um, people logging on from different accounts or from the same account in different you know locations yep. and more and more people deciding that they want VPN as a result, I'm sure. Um, and so I think there's a lot of you know, capitalism is weird, uh, and so I think this is this is sort of a situation where art and capitalism don't make great partners. Um, you know, entertainment and capitalism don't make great partners, at least if you're looking at by certain metrics, right? If you're looking at it by the metric of, like, generating profit, then there are ways to do that, but that tends to cut out a lot of other things. You know, it tends to cut out the variety of programming. It tends to cut out um, a lot of creators and a lot of voices and a lot of different styles of things. It tends to um, mass produce a lot of same stuff that sort of fits into a comfortable set of categories. Like if you look at the 90s, most 90s programming looks like most everything else that was on in the 90s. That was, you know, network television, episodic, headed towards syndication, Um and it wasn't really until the streamers started to develop their own content, like your Orange is a New Black and your um, you know, House of Cards and things like that, that it started to kind of break open the idea that there could be enough real estate in the sense of places where stories can be told to do different types of content and to do content that wouldn't have landed on a network. Um, so on the one hand, the proliferation of the streamers has been like, Awesome for consumers uh, in terms of giving you like a ridiculous quantity of content. One of the things that I learned this week is apparently this last year, 2022, there were 500 scripted programs uh, in the United States that are being filmed and run uh, on, a, on an episodic you know basis. If we look at five years ago, five, just five years ago, it was 250. Um, and so now I don't feel bad about being bad at TV (laughs) because there's too much fucking TV. Like there's so much of it. Um, and again, we, we, we've also seen like Netflix has had this sort of hair trigger response of canceling things when they've barely got their feet under them. Um, and so now that's kind of like this exploding and shrinking dynamic that's, that's taken hold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're also the day after, uh, Valentine's Day, um, which is yep. you know one of those one of those holidays that for some people is a big deal and for other people is is painful and weird and for other people is like oh, it's a hallmark holiday. Um, and we did something different this year in Shea Townsend, which was kind of fun. But uh, a few days ago, David asked me what I wanted to do for Valentine's Day, and um, it was after I had already had a conversation with Corwin, and Corwin's like, "Mom, mom, what can I get you for Valentine's Day?" I I have a job now. I make money. I want to get you something for (laughs) Valentine's Day. And I was like, honey, I, I don't need anything. I don't really want anything. He's like, no, that's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to tell me something I can buy you. And I'm like, honey, I just, you know what? All I want for Valentine's Day is you. I want you to come home from school and I'll come home from work and everybody will be home. And instead of, you know, Deirdre disappearing into her iPad and you disappearing upstairs to go play Steam on your computer in your room, we'll just be together. Like, we'll order in some food, we'll watch a movie, and it'll just be us. That's what we can do for Valentine's Day. So after I'd already had that conversation with Corwin, Husbeast is like, what do you want to do for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, uh, order in food and watch a movie with the kids? He was like, I was thinking get getting somebody to come over and hang out with the kids so I could take you out to dinner somewhere. And I was like, I already made plans? But separately from one another, if they had said it in front of each other, they would never have copped to it. Um, but separately from one another, both of the kids told me after the fact that it was the best Valentine's Day they'd ever had. So Aww. everybody got a little tiny gift um, and little bag of candy. And we watched Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss and The Mummy, um, nice. which they had never seen before. And they both went into with... Uh, it would be unfair to say no expectations. They went into with negative expectations. They were like mummies are the stupidest monster, <laughs> and what even is this? And they were both converts by the end. So nice. We continued the Townsend trend of batting a thousand and knowing what the kids are going to like. <laughs>
0: that's that's very sweet, and I'm 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 glad to hear that you had a that you had a good evening. Uh, I'm also surprised that uh, to find out that Corwin is a Peter Gabriel fan.
1: I just, with the. <laughs> I, I, I think I might log out.
0: Like, <laughs> like It's just. Just two in a row.
1: I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Like everything's.
0: We be it, fast and they be slow. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: now that we've like sat back, done the thing that we always do when we sit down to do the Just Us recording and it's like a half an hour after start time, partly because of me this time, but also because like we talk about everything except what what we're actually going to be doing in the recording.
0: Yeah, we spend more time saying, let's not talk about this. No, I don't want to talk about that. No, not that one. Not this week. We'll do that next time. Uh, No,
1: it's half of our (laughs) recording time. No one's hit record yet. Well, no one, Patrick. But
0: I still haven't hit record.
1: Now that I've kind of like, done racing around, feeding people, cleaning the kitchen, running upstairs, getting everything mic'd up and all set. I do feel like I'm in a good place for kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. We were just talking about this a minute ago before you hit record that we do sometimes get questions from patrons about like upcoming guests or, you know, plans that we may be making or have we ever considered X or Y for things that we'll do as part of programming or whatnot. And you and I have had conversations like last summer in Colorado and everything about like, where could we go with this and what could we do and how could we kind of blow things up a little bit? And I think it might be sort of fun to just hash a little bit that out in in a more, I was going to say visible space, but this is not visible. <laughs> this isn't a podcast. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: So in what way?
1: Well, I mean, I've thought... For, like, I remember when uh, you first approached me about joining up with the podcast, that one of the things that I sort of pitched to you that you made kind of like, hmm, faces about at the time, (laughs) which, you know, now I think I appreciate more fully why you did that, was like, well, we could have like segments that we do, like, we could have bits of various kinds, like, what if we did this or what if we did that in terms of like, like, as, more like in this, in the way that like the tonight show or sure. the daily show or various <laughs> things have like, like a segment that will come out and it's mm-hmm. not just like picks of the week, but it's like, we're going to do this kind of a game with our uh, guests, or we're going to have this kind of, or like with, or like a weekend update okay. kind of thing yep. with character things and whatnot. And on the one hand, some part of me on a creative level is like, I can still do that. I can kind of mess with that. Just kind of barely nudged at it with the bumpers uh, recently. But it's, also it sounds tiring.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm not against that. Yeah. I just have in my head how it would have to happen. Right. Or what would what we would need to do to make it happen.
1: Like the production.
0: And production-wise. Mm-hmm. And, again, not against it. Mm-hmm. Have thought about it. And essentially you're talking about a radio program right? You're talking about how they do radio programs, how they do, which has come to podcasts, right? So some podcasts in the past have done stuff like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Some have done, uh, some radio stations have taken their their hour long talk radio format and they have translated over to podcasts and they're calling it a podcast. Yeah. Semantics. Yeah. Yeah. And but, like, they have the, uh, you know, the first 10 minutes is this, the second 10 minutes is that, the third 10 minutes is this. And they have, you know, something mm-hmm. in between, right? The bumpers, yeah. like you're talking about. The thing about that, and, and I've done that, actually, uh, I've done that with uh, Tom Merritt. Because mm-hmm. Tom tends to do stuff like that with his shows, right? Because he comes from that world mm-hmm. of broadcast. So he tends to format his stuff that same way. And so they'll do a, you know, a 10 to 15 minute segment on blah, blah, blah. And then they'll do something else and something else. Right. The 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 hard part of that is the guest.
1: Yeah. Does How the do guest sit there? Into
0: it. Yes. Yeah. Does the guest sit there for 45 minutes while you say, okay, that was this segment. Now we're going to switch gears to something else. And then, you know, you snap your fingers or something and, and make the yeah. audio mark. And then you do the next thing. That's the hard part. Yeah. So uh, there have been times like in, back in the day that I would take and we would do an interview. Mm-hmm. And then John and I would do an intro and an outro. Right. And so there'd be a little intro because we were trying to figure out people wanted to hear us talking just like they want to hear you and I talking every once in a while. That's why we have a Just Us episode. Mm-hmm. They want to hear us talking. They, they've they given us that feedback. They're they're like, we enjoy when you guys just rip off each other and are just having a conversation about something. That is fun for us, just like the interviews are, just like the other stuff is. So we tried to do that where we would do a little bit of an intro and then we would have the interview and then we would have the outro. Merle Lafferty does that. She would do... You know, hey, this week, this is what's going on. And then here's my interview with blah, blah, blah. Then you have the interview and then you'd have the outro. So mm-hmm. there is ways to do it where we could just do an interview with the guest and then not do the other segments. We do the segments ourselves. Right. And then we put them all together. So that's, right. that's, yeah. that's the easy way of doing it. We stick to the interview, but we cut the interview down. Right. So the interview yeah. is no longer 40 to 50 minutes. The interview becomes 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Max, so that we have the space to do the other segments that we want to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's totally doable if we want to do it. And it's just a question of do we want to do it. And then the other way is we keep them for the whole time, and we just we record for the hour that we normally mm-hmm. record, give or take, mm-hmm. uh, and then we split it up afterwards. And then our total recording for the day. So on a Saturday when we're doing back-to-back recordings. We're doing, we do one at 11 o'clock your time, mm-hmm. and then we do another one at noon your time. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we would have to expand that out because we would yeah. need time in between the recordings because it, yeah. we, they would butt up against each other too fast. So we would want to be able to have that little gap. So we might do, you know, 11 o'clock your time, mm-hmm. and then the next one starts at 12 15 your time. Right. And runs to one fifteen year time, right? And just to just to have that break in between them, that's how I could see that working. Mm-hmm. If we yep. wanted to do something like that, then the question would be, what are the segments?
1: Yeah, and I think for me, the question of whether or not it's worth doing, and and if it's worth doing, that kind of pushes forward the okay, what, how to do it, and what's the sensible way of doing it. Part is like. For me, you know, that's what I'm not sure about because, yeah. you know, is the, is the function of the segment, like it's the same type of segment every time. And we're just jumping into like a version of, of this conversation or whatever that's like relative to who this particular guest is or who the particular, whatever the particular theme of the week is, or I don't know, you know, is the function of, of the bit to be comedic? Is it to be informative? Is, is are we going to try and like do a, you know, news of nerddom kind of thing or
0: that adds its own level of complexity. So I was already thinking about that. Yeah. Right. So let's say, let's say the news of nerddom, for example, now you've got to make it timely.
1: Right. And the, and potentially ever recording. Yeah.
0: Right. So -hmm. the other thing, and so this is, this is a great conversation to have because I was just thinking about this. So I, I, I tend to set up all of the Twitter posts in one day. Yeah. I, I schedule the them out. all out. Yep. Mm-hmm. I schedule them all and I plan the week out. And so I have, I, I believe I sent this to you, but it's been a while. So you may not have looked at it in a really long time, but I have a spreadsheet that has all mm-hmm. the episodes on there. And I also have all the tweets on there. Yeah. So all the tweets are pre-written and ready to go. You can just copy paste them in. I yeah. just copy paste them on the sheet. So when we talk about evergreen content, the interviews are evergreen. Mm -hmm. Right. We can we can tweak them slightly if we need to. We can tweak the 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 social copy as we're advertising them. Sure. And you know, there's there's instances where we have we have had a debut author on Mm -hmm. and they're no longer a debut author Mm -hmm. today. So I tweak it to say, you know, uh we had this person on for their day to talk about their debut novel. Mm -hmm. You know, And, and so I tweak it. We did a great interview with Lynn Thomas that right. I don't run anymore because yeah, it was because it's, specific about the to, it's specific to their Kickstarter. Right. so it's not evergreen right yeah. so I, mm-hmm. I feel I feel bad because mm-hmm. number one, it's Lynn Thomas. I would love to be pushing that to this day. I think,
1: I think there may be an angle from which we could when because when they do their next Kickstarter to kind of yeah. be like. The last time we talked to the Thomases, it's Kickstarter season again. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: and 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 we can we can totally do stuff like that. But sure. you get the point. So if we yeah. if we do new stuff, it's it's good. Uh, it, it 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 has a shelf life, right? An immediate shelf life. We can still we can still advertise it later. We can still push it on social later, the way mm-hmm. I normally do. But just knowing that it's going to be out of date, so. If we're talking, so if we record something on Saturday that's going to mm-hmm. go out two weeks later, and within those two weeks the entire thing has changed.
1: Oh no! I totally. And it's I no mean, longer I it. relevant.
0: Yeah.
1: I am the the editor the in problem. chief of my school's student newspaper, <laughs> and the problem, the perennial problem we have is that because the students are just you know they write articles, um, but they can only write them so fast, and they only sure. do so many in a week. Their, their tendency is to do like a news digest of the news stories from like the last month in the larger world. But even then it's sort of a struggle to get things out. That's not cold copy. <laughs> yeah. Know.
0: I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Cause I, I had an idea that's, that's terrible. Okay. But yeah, you, you, you understand what exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Sure. So it's, yeah. it's almost like we would have to record, like if we did those kinds of segments, we would almost have to record those weekly right ahead yeah and so i could drop it in yeah. if we were doing it that way now there's ways to do it so that it's a little bit more evergreen you know there's there's broader top topics like chat gpt is a broader topic ai is a broader topic while there are things happening every day
1: and there's also sort of things like you know you could do an on this day and nerd dumb or something we could like, do that
0: as well you yeah. know the the thing that i'm laughing about is the thing that i i've i've always wanted to do I tried to do it once and it was a disaster. Is the book club. Mm, yeah. And, and actually take a little bit of a deeper dive and talk about a book. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm laughing about it is, is, is multifaceted. One, I tried it before and it was a disaster. Two, I think you and I have completely different tastes in a lot of stuff. And I, I mean, don't know. I think there's a very narrow corridor of books that you and I would agree on. I, I mean, really I do. think
1: we could get some really interesting conversations where one of us is is in hog heaven and the other one is sort of <laughs> quietly stewing yeah. about having about this was your turn to pick the book or something.
0: Yep. But I think, yeah, but that could I mean, work. That could yeah, work. It could. That, it that's, could. that's 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 could. the Tom Merritt Veronica Belmont thing, right? I think it's Belmont. Yeah. But it's the sword and laser, right? One is a science fiction fan, one is a fantasy fan, yeah. and they alternate. And usually, one of the other. You know, is being forced to read something that they would not normally read. Yeah, mm-hmm. I ha- have liked that idea. I've always wanted that idea. What if? Uh oh. Uh oh. What if we we tried a book clubish
1: thing where we called it the Kicked the Bucket List, and there are two <laughs> rules. One is author has to be dead so we can avoid creating a situation where we, I don't know, run into someone in the context of what we do because (laughs) of the podcast and are like, Oh dear. So there's that. Two, there is of course the forever green argument between and among SF and fantasy people and whatnot about what books you should read in air quotes. Uh, Like, And, and some of those turn out to be really good and interesting books. And some of them tell you a lot more about the person who said you really should read this. Right. Yeah. And so like, what if, what if we, we could do it separately and then kind of like kludge our list together and see if there's any overlap on it of like, okay, okay. I know I probably should read air quotes this book, but I haven't. For what a, and also, person is dead. What do you think? Do we want to give it a go? And okay. And so, what if we just came up with, like, I don't know, two or three, just for starters, and picked, okay. picked one of them. And so, okay. okay, all right. And then we would have to figure out how fast do we want to read it, and do we want to do, like, check-ins with each other as part of the episodes, <laughs> or do we just want to save it for... Yeah, I don't know. So we'll have to figure out the yeah. next part of like what do we actually do with it.
0: Yeah, how how do we actually how do we actually do something with it once we have it? Yeah.
1: Okay, kick the bucket list. We can do that. Okay. So okay. You were here when it happened, patrons. This is how the sausage gets made.
0: Kick the bucket list. <laughs> And we haven't done anything with the the kick-the-bucket list since talking about it back in March. All good things. Here we are, at the end again. But there's some stuff you should probably know before you go. First, consider heading over to beyondthetrope.com and checking out their podcast. It's a lot of fun. Giles and Michelle have been around for nearly a decade now, I think, having fun chats with writers, artists, actors, and more. They put out a new episode every Tuesday and have something like 430 overall in the can, I think, as of this recording. It might be 431. I don't know. But that means there's plenty there for you to dive into. Second, if you liked this episode of The Functional Nerds, consider giving us a couple of stars on your favorite podcast platform or posting about this episode or any of our episodes on your favorite social media platform. Tell your friends about us. Have them come over. We would really appreciate that part. If you buy a book mentioned on the podcast, let us know on social media. Tag us. Tag the author. That's always so much fun, and it really, really drives home that... We help sell books every once in a while. Now, if you really, really, really enjoyed this episode, you could head over to patreon.com slash nerds and give us a couple of bucks. I mean, that helps to keep the lights on. We like that. It's kind of hard to podcast in the dark. You can get access to some cool stuff like a pretty engaged and... Vibrant, super-secret Facebook group, a monthly virtual hangout, or even an extra episode. It's called the Just Us episode of the podcast, and it's exclusively, at this point, for our Patreon backers. So, if you just want to hear Tracy and I talk about stuff, that might be where you need to go. Other than that, huh, what do we think about Mando season three? Mr. Carpiers. You got it right. How about that? Yeah. You can call me Cannoli Joe. If you've if you've never listened to the podcast, there there's there's two different styles here. There's there's Tracy who does prep work and comes up with some very thoughtful questions. And then oh, squirrel. Oh, for God's sake. Patrick Louise. <laughs> Are you okay with me recording you today for the purposes of this podcast? <laughs> okay that's probably a good enough signal (laughs) when someone comes up to me and says hey i really love what you do i'm like i'm sorry do you know who i like i think you have me confused with someone else
1: the whiz bang and the gosh wow and the sense of wonder stuff
0: my favorite thing about time travel is i actually had a time travel joke for you guys but you didn't like it i'm so excited